Brett Lee, wonderful to see you and I hope the family is safe and healthy, mate. And well, greetings of the season. I've got my tree there and the gifts there. <laughs> <laughs> Not putting beautiful, any pressure on Rishi, you, but just beautiful. saying. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you. And I hope you're keeping safe over there. Yes, yeah, so far so good. Not complaining, Brett. Brett, let's talk about the cricket. You know, what are Australia going to do? And I say this tongue-in-cheek about your opener issue in the Test Series. I mean, it kicks off on Friday the 17th. Yeah. Warner's injured. There's a groin injury. Pukowski got a knock on the head against India A. Burns had a poor game. Who are Australia going to go to? There is also a section of the media that's turning around and saying that uh, you bring back the old boy, Sean Marsh. I mean, he's 37, not getting any younger. He's mm. been batting at number three, but he could be the best opening option. What are your thoughts on that straight up? Well, straight up, I think what Australia has is uh, depth, and we're so lucky. It's not like we lose David Warner. And look, he's one of the best openers Australia has ever had, one of the best openers in the world. So he's a massive loss for Australia. But the thing is, when you talk about the Australian depth, we've got six, seven, eight guys that we're putting their hands up to get that number one and, and number two spot. So you mentioned Sean Marsh, 37 years of age. I don't care about a number, Rishi. You know, honestly don't. I think a number is just something that's uh, written next to their name. For me personally, if a person's scoring runs and are good enough, then I think they should get the spot. You think about Burns, obviously hasn't scored runs recently. But you look, I think the last game that he played for Australia, he got 100 plus, I think it was nine in the second innings. So he's coming off good form. So, I, you know, I think Burns definitely warrants a spot. So we've got options. It's not panic stations for Australia. In you have got a good attack but i promise you australia also when it comes to the 17th will be out there to fire well i'm just a little concerned nine concussions for that boy for will pukowski i mean what is he doing wrong brad i mean i believe even as a teenager playing aussie rules football you know he got knocked in the head and had to stop playing for six months Look, it's an issue, definitely, you know, when we talk about the concussion rule now. And look, that's in place because we don't want people to get injured. Simple as that. So I've got to make sure, firstly, that his safety is the most important thing. This is obviously, you know, probably a, a comment that would be better off from a medical point of view. But I know personally that it's been on the, the sort of dishing out end of uh, concussions in my time, bowling bounces. You, you know, you don't want to see people get injured. So we hope for Koski that he actually gets the opportunity. We hope that he gets cleared, but we'll wait and see. I love Cameron Green, uh, the century in the game against India he was yeah. so wonderful he's also impressed with the ball briefly but if he doesn't make the squad my heart is going to reach out to him but look at that Aussie middle order I mean we're talking Manus, Steve Smith Travis Head Matthew Wade will there be place for Cameron Green at Adelaide Brett? Well, I think Cameron Green has done everything that he possibly could to get the Cameron baggy green. Let's call it that, okay? So he's a really good chance, uh, 200 centimetres tall. He's a tall boy. He bowls good pace as well. He's a classic all-rounder. The way he fields the ball, the way he dives around the field too. So he sort of runs around like he's about six foot. So very, very well coordinated for a guy that's so tall. Look, he's been scoring runs. If you're scoring runs and taking wickets... You're going to give yourself an opportunity to try to get yourself into a test team. I think they might go with Cameron Green. I think they'll find a spot for him somewhere. The ping ball itself, Brett, I mean, what does it do? What do batsmen need to be careful about? What do bowlers need to be careful about in that day-night test? Well, the pink ball predominantly talks a lot more than the white ball and certainly the red ball. When we talk about playing test cricket under lights, you can't pick the ball up being red, so they've gone to pink, obviously. And what that does do is it's a different texture in the ball from what I believe. Under lights, you know, always new bowling in one-day cricket. When you bowl in one-day cricket and it's on that sort of twilight and, you know, the ball tends to swing a lot more. You might bowl in the afternoon and it's just a flat wicket. The ball goes straight through. Come night time, it looks like you're playing on a completely different wicket. So when you combine that with test cricket and the pink ball, it's going to swing around corners. Someone like a Mitchell Stark has got phenomenal numbers with the pink ball. So I'm, I'm actually worried about the Indian top order because they haven't been exposed to the pink ball a lot. 
Now, let's see if they can get through and get a decent total. We know what the Indian bowling line can do. They are a formidable bowling lineup. Talk about guys that can swing balls. Talk about guys that can bowl great line and good length. So I think both teams are very well balanced in their bowling department. To me, it comes down to how the top four will counter that pink ball. And I think because Australia have played it a lot more than India, might be on a you know, slightly higher than India just currently. Let's come to the bowlers. What do you think of Mitchell Swepson, the spinner? He's doing pretty well, isn't he? Yes, Swepson's bowling well, and, and he's been given an opportunity, and that's that's the greatest thing about the Australian cricket team, is that when guys have been injured or guys have been rested, and I hate people being rested, I know that's not, you know, they're being rested for a number of reasons, whether they need a break before they get into the, you know, busy schedule, they've chosen it themselves, or they've been rested on purpose, that's totally up to them, but, you know, it gives guys like Swepson that opportunity to sort of shine on Australian colours, so looks very good. Looking forward to seeing how he bowls in the longer form of the game, because it's hard to bowl in T20 cricket when you're a leg spinner or even if you're you know an off spinner for that reason in T20 cricket you know you tend to bowl either too flat or too too quickly Swepson didn't do that the other night I thought he bowled very well but the border turn which is great for him the switch hit I mean what are your thoughts on it should it be outlawed Brett I mean if you're my reckoning is if you're telling bowlers only one allowed over the shoulder then why the leniency for the batters that's one view where do you stand I love it Absolutely love it. And people might say, you know, here journalists, and I've heard comments from ex-Australian players saying that it should be banned. Or why should bowlers be penalised? And if, if a bowler's bowling right-handed and then he wants to bowl left-handed, he has to tell the umpire. Now, you tell me, Rishi, how many bowlers have you seen can be ambidextrous? I mean, next to none. It's so hard. There are a couple of spinners that can do it around the world that can bowl left and right-handed. But generally, most bowlers around the world, you know, one-hand dominant. Interesting. It's different for batsmen. So if a bowler's good enough, good luck to him. But the batsmen, they are geniuses when it comes to this. I'm all for it. I think it's fantastic. The game of cricket has to move forward. We don't want to make it boring. Let's get out of the, the 70s and 80s and 90s. This is today. Let's enjoy cricket. Nice. The like-for-like concussion substitute rule. Your former colleague JL, Justin Langer, wasn't very happy with uh, Chahel being brought in for Jadeja. We all saw that bit on the television uh, where he walked up to David Boone and gave him a piece of his mind. (laughs) Do you think think we should go back to the super sub rule the game tried a few years ago, Brett? Any ideas on that? Look, I don't know where I stand with this, Rishi, because it's such a hard one. You know, we haven't seen enough of it. We've seen a couple of small occasions now. There was one the other evening that you mentioned mentioned that you know Justin Langer the coach you know expressed his views to to David Byrne and what was said is probably between those two guys but you know the rules are in place if you could play by the rules and that's part of the rules and then then do it but I think there has to be you know a lot more talk and a lot more sort of research behind what actually happened so a bit more structure you mentioned that 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 sub you know that might be the way to go back again I don't really know where I stand with that because I think I've also grown up in an era where if you get you know hit hit in the head and you have to go off, then you should have to go off. The next batsman comes in, you can't get subbed in. I'm a bit old school when it comes to that. As far as India is concerned, let's move to that now. Uh, looks like Rohit Sharma is only going to be in time for the third test. When he does return, it's obviously going to be a big boost. Pujara was really a thorn in, in Oz's flesh the last time we toured. Virat, of course, is there only for the one test because after Adelaide is coming back to India to welcome sure. the birth of his child. Rahane scored 100 against uh, Australia A. What are you looking forward to in terms of the batters and the tests? Well, India have got, as I mentioned, you know, their top five or six, even seven are amazing. You know, I love watching India play. I love you know, proper stroke players. Firstly, on the captain, Captain Coley, King Coley, we've offered, Australia is a beautiful place. Have your baby in Australia. We welcome you with open arms. 
He can have a little baggy green, whether it's a boy or a girl. Lodiki, Lodika, we don't care. They can play for Australia, play for India. Get on his on the plane. <laughs> exactly. Please come over to Australia. It's wonderful. You love it. It's safe. We're COVID-free here at the moment. It's, it's great. Now, look, and, you know, we wish we wish him well because at the end of the day, mate, cricket is just a game. It's a game and family always come first. And I know that, you, you know, you might say that when you think about 1.3 billion people in India that all love cricket and all these people in Australia that all love cricket and around the world. But family come first. So we wish him well. You know, he'll play well in the first test. He'll go home for his paternity leave. And then hopefully he'll come back for the third and the fourth test. Jara, as you mentioned, what he averaged about 80, I think, last yeah, last series. It was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. So looking forward to seeing how he plays. Jinka Rahane is in good form, as you mentioned. Rohit Sharma, the hitman. You know, it's a good side, India. India going to put a good side in the park. So whichever little combinations that they work with have got to be... I, I almost think it's a like a horses for courses. It, it has to be pick the right team for the right situation. And I know that might sound like a, a very normal comment or a very stock standard easy answer, but sometimes they just pick a test test team because it's a test team or they pick what they believe on form is the best test team. You might think that, you know, playing in Adelaide, first test, 17th of December, here we go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pink ball. Who's got the best defense set of player A and player B? They might go for player B because he's a bit more technically correct and doesn't fish around a bit so yeah look it's challenging but India will also come out firing our bowlers Umesh Yadav is bowling really well he did a three for yeah. the other day against Oz A looks like Yadav Bumrah and Shami are going to be our three paces at Adelaide would you play only our Ashwin or would you play both Ashwin and Kuldeep Yadav with the pink ball in Adelaide Brett Predominantly, the quicks have done the damage with the pink ball, but also too with Adelaide, you've got, you've got to understand too in Adelaide that if the pink ball doesn't get the wickets, then you are in trouble. So do you bank three out-and-out quicks, two spinners, or do you go for three quicks plus a genuine all-rounder and only play one genuine spinner? Tough one. When you think of someone like a cool deep Yadav, I like what he brings to the table. I think he's got that extra bit of depth. You know, turns the ball both ways, can bamboozle batsmen. To me, that that's, I don't know whether it's a safer bet for India. I, I just like to have that extra bit of protection there. But that, that said and done, you know, we, as I said, you know, when you think about what's happened in the past, the quicks with that pink ball have predominantly done the damage. So they might go for an all-and-out fast attack with one spinner in Adelaide, and then maybe Melbourne it might, might change the wicketkeeper debate has raged on in our country for a while. I mean, you spend so much time in India, you know this. Saha or Pant? Now, Saha is the most solid keeper of the two, but Pant yep. is the more exciting batsman. Saha notched up a 50 in the Aussie game. Again, I know you don't approve of this. The naysayers say, oh, he's 36 and you got to look at the future. What are your thoughts, Brett? Riddhiman Saha versus Rishabh Pant? Well, I like both players. And to me, it comes down to firstly, who's your biggest asset? You know, you want a guy that's good behind the stumps, but you also want a guy that can bat. And I think that they both offer a lot in that category in terms of batting. You also don't want to pick a batsman that can keep a little bit either. Because if you have two great batsmen, but one keeper that's a little bit below par, you can be found out in test cricket. I think in one day cricket and T20 cricket, you can actually get away with it, but not test cricket. We were lucky we had Adam Gilchrist. You know, we're lucky and blessed we've had someone like that. Rishabh Pant. Of course, he's the player of the future. You know, Ritterman Saha, though, has proven that he's been he's been good at what he's done. So once again, it's it's a tough one. It's it's tough to pick who they'll go with. It's tough to pick. Do you look for the future? Do you blood for the future now? If they do do that, I'll applaud that because that actually gives some structure 
and say this is the next you know five to seven years of, of what indian cricket looks like rishabh punt he's going to be the guy that's going to have the gloves for a long time i'm going to back him i to back his batting fantastic or river saha might say okay this is your last opportunity you got the experience and i get that too so i can i can see some very good answers for both you know guys being pushed forward but you're not sticking your neck up and see which one <laughs> no because i actually don't know the answer i really find it hard to pick between who i'd go for i think i think that might go for someone like rishabh pan i think they'll blood someone that's that that youth isn't afraid to take on the Australian attack either. And not saying that Saha can't do that, but they might get someone like Rishabh Pant because he's batting. Let's look at a couple of guys who are on the plane home before we go into our lifestyle and travel bits. Natarajan, what do you make of him? I mean, he was brought in as a Nets bowler, you know, and then he's drafted into the side. And how well did he play? And you saw him through the IPL, didn't you? Well, seen him even back, Rishi, back in the Tamil Nadu Premier League, you know, going back a couple of years ago. And I remember watching him bowling go, the Trajan, I mean, this this guy, he's got good skills. You know, he can, he can swing the ball both ways. He's got nice, slow balls. He bowls one out of the front of the hand. He bowls one out, out of the side of the hand. He's got some really, really good skills. And he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's overly quick, but he's quick enough. But what he has got is a great Yorker. And to me, when you're bowling in the shorter form of the game, it's so important. So the Trajan is, I mean, he should be so proud of what he's achieved. I'm sure his family are over the moon to think that he's come out as potential net bowler or a guy there just to sort of almost like a throwdown bowler. And now he's out there playing. So it's been a lovely fairy tale for him. And, you know and I predict bigger and better things for him in the future. Ah, lovely, lovely. And you know that we Indians are such emotional people. Hardik does well in the ODIs and the T20s and people are clamoring for him to get into the test side. <laughs> but, you know, there is a mature view saying that, you know, he can't bowl. Do you see him as a prospect in the longer format of the game for the long haul once he gets his bowling back and he, he sorts that out and he's, he gets back to being a genuine all-rounder? I think that's when he's at his best. And you can afford to rely on Hardik Panya in the shorter form of the game purely on on one asset, you know, in terms of his batting, because he's good enough to play as a batsman. He's destructive. We saw that. We saw what he's recently done. Brilliant. But I think in the longer form of the game like Test cricket, I'd want to see both because, you know, when you've got a guy that can and look, let's be honest, I mean he's he, he's so slim, he's he's very like he's built like a wine glass. I mean he's slim but he's strong. And he's wiry, he hits the ball a long way. So he's got great skills. When he brings that into his bowling and when he's back comfortable with his back and he's feeling confident, then he's definitely going to be a test player of the future for India, 100%. But I'd like to see both both facets for him to play test cricket. Brett, let's kick back and talk about New South Wales. As a native of NSW, what are some of the state's mm. hidden gems? And, you know, once once those airplanes open up, you know, and, and the Indians start coming into Oz, one of our favourite countries, what are some gems that you reckon we should visit? Well, you can see straight away when you mention New South Wales, the smile comes on my face. First and foremost, you know, Australia has to be applauded the way that they've dealt with this this COVID-19 pandemic. It's It's been so well contained here. Yes, we've had our cases and yes, we've had our heartache and, we've, we've, and, you know, it's been a terrible time around the world, but Australia have handled it so well. So once this is, you know, the borders open up again, we're encouraging India, come to Australia with open arms. We love visitors. We love people to come. And I think with the relationships now being as strong as they've ever been between India and Australia, it's been fantastic. So what do you do when you step off a plane? Well, you've firstly got to go to Sydney Harbour. I'm very, very lucky to live around Sydney Harbour. We've got some amazing things to see. You can go and climb the bridge and go to the Opera House. You've got to go on a ferry between Manly and Circular Quay. Do, do the very iconic Australian things. Once you've done that, once you've ticked that box, 
then I would say, all right, jump in a car, jump on a train, whatever transport you like, head out to the Blue Mountains because out in the Blue Mountains, it's only a, a short couple of hours from Sydney and it's an incredible place. You can go out there and you can do some bushwalking, get some, some amazing restaurants if you like to have a feast on some beautiful food and, and some great, there's some great vegetarian options too because I know that a lot of Indians like the vegetarian options. Some beautiful wine that you can taste out there. There's so many great options, but the Blue Mountains, I was out up there recently, great place. And head down the south coast where I was born. There's some beautiful places in the south coast. Some wonderful beaches to go to. You talk about food. I mean, far out. You get the best seafood, you know, I think in Australia, down the south coast. So a couple of options there. We need hours and hours and hours to talk about spots to go. But I would say, first and foremost, Sydney Harbour, explore it. Go and look at how big the bridge is. Built in, I think, completed back in 1932. It's incredible. Well, you know, I'm pretty hopeless because, you know, cricket and rock and roll are my two abiding loves. And I remember <laughs> when I landed in Sydney, the wife was pretty peeved at me because the first thing I wanted to do was get to the Sydney Opera House steps and see Florence and the Machine who were performing the year <laughs> over there. And then yeah. go outside the hotel where the great Michael Hutchins passed because, you yes. know, I was such a huge In Excess fan. Yeah, and then bar, I had yeah. to go to the SC CG. But <laughs> if people well, have... We haven't even mentioned the SCG, have we? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to go. And, and I've actually taken tours before to the SCG with some Indian people, you know, people from Mumbai and up at uh, Delhi. And, and to walk on what is an amazing Sydney Creek Grant, it's incredible. So if one had 24 hours just in Sydney, you mentioned yeah. the harbour, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the SCG, 24 hours just in Sydney, what are those top five things maybe you'd say, boom, 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 go? I would definitely walk around the Sydney CBD. I would do the bridge climb, definitely. I would catch a ferry from Circular Quay to Manly and back because Manly's got some great options to shop, got some wonderful options there to eat. I mean, you've got some of the best restaurants in the world down based in Manly. But it's when you're on that, that that iconic Manly Ferry, it opens up the whole harbour. You know, you can see the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the Opera House from a different perspective. We've all seen those shots where the helicopter flies over or the drone. But to see it for your own eyes on Sydney Harbour, being on top of the water, you've got to go there, definitely. Let's, let's move out of NSW and look at Australia on the whole. Such a vast, beautiful country. Wildlife experiences that you've enjoyed in your own country and that you'd recommend to us. There's some wonderful wildlife experiences. There's a couple of places. There's um, there's a hotel in Canberra where you can stay overnight and you can sleep. It's got like a glass. Or imagine having a door or what looks like a door, but it's actually a window that is in next to your bed and you can sleep and there's lions and tigers and there's all these animals there. And it's almost like you're sleeping with the animals. It's incredible. So that's definitely an experience that you should do. One experience that I haven't done and I've kicked myself, but I've just been so busy, go to Uluru. Go to see Ayers Rock. I know it's just a rock in the middle of nowhere, but it's an incredible historical, you know, part of our history. You know, Ayers Rock, to visit our local culture. You know, we're very, very proud of our Aboriginal culture here. And even though that we don't probably, I wouldn't say give the justice that it should get, but we don't talk about it as much as we should. You know, we, and me personally, we're very, very proud of our Australian heritage. And that all comes down to our Aboriginal culture and respecting the dream time and respecting, you know, the the land that we're walking on now that's been walked on for millions of years. So go up to Uluru and it, apparently it's a very, if you like all of that, you know, when you talk about different senses and you talk about the, the history and you talk about the way it makes you feel, it's just a really calming place to go, I'm told. For people who have kids, you know, Indian families like to travel with, with you know, their kids, the entire family in tow. Kid-friendly yep. destinations that you've probably taken your kids to or, you know, hung out with, uh, with children. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the most obvious place that we'd go is probably to Taronga Zoo in Sydney. You know, that's just a, a wonderful place to visit. I'm a I'm an animal fan, and I love seeing animals, you know, close to being in their natural habitat. So, you know, you see some of the the most, you know, close to extinct animals that you can see almost touch. You, you know, you're that close to it. So that's a great place to visit. If you do like animals, there's plenty of opportunities to go out to other zoos. There's Dubbo Zoo that's in you know northern New South Wales. You know, you can also go down south, down right down to the bottom, you know, down down to Melbourne and see, you know, go to different restaurants, go to different cafes. I know that India is not known for its coffee. Yes, there's a lot of tea that's produced in India and brought out to Australia. But go just sit in a cafe in Melbourne. Go and watch a live show now that Australia's opened back up again. Go to watch comedians, you know, go and watch a play. Go to the MCG, you know, walk out there and see what it's like in front of 100,000 people. Go to a sporting event. You know, if you come out during winter, you can go to the AFL. You know, you can go to the cricket during summer. You get so many options. If you like fishing, I mean, some of the best fishing is is down in sort of Adelaide and Melbourne. It's a great fishing here in Sydney. So many options. As I said, like, you know, you need you need a good holiday. You have to come out and don't expect to be here for 24 hours and then turn around and go back home. You need to take your time and we will welcome you and we'll provide some really good food. And there's some beautiful Indian restaurants. There's one here close to my house on the northern beaches, which is phenomenal. Culinary regions, you know, I know you Aussies are huge on wine trails and things mm. like that. So is there a particular region that's known for its food and beverage that, you know, you can actually plan out a holiday and say, whoa, maybe I want to just travel down this region and see, you know, the beverages of the food there? Well, look, you've got the Hunter Valley, which is in New South Wales, which is incredible for its wine, incredible for its food. And obviously, the two packed together is a, makes a pretty special day or night. The Barossa. Now, Australia is well known throughout the world. You think about some of the best wineries that around the world and the Barossa Valley is always spoken very highly of so I've spent a lot of time down the Barossa Valley which is in Adelaide in South Australia just a short little just over an hour I think from Adelaide the main the main city there in South Australia get to the Barossa Valley and you will taste some phenomenal wines if that's what you're into your wines or your stickies or your ports those types of things combine it with some amazing food you need a couple of nights there because it's um it's definitely worth going out there and, and taking your time testing out some beautiful wines you will not be disappointed hop on a helicopter ride fly over the vineyards fly over and see all the hard work that the winemakers do and if you can go there for the sort of picking season when they're picking all the grapes it's also good to watch lovely those are very valuable tips i'm sure everybody who's hearing and watching will really take that home you know this ipl season was an exciting one for you brett as a broadcaster but it was also sad because we lost dean jones dino i mean i can't believe it you and me were going insta live on a site and you know just a couple Mm. of nights after that this happened it must be so hard for you to comprehend that you were golfing in the hotel corridor with him the previous night and he would pass so suddenly so just a bit of a tribute to dino please Oh, look, he's just a terrific guy and was a, a phenomenal player, first and foremost. If, in, in, if you look at his career, I mean, he changed the way cricket was played. And I think changed it for the better. You know, he was the first guy to wear sunglasses. But just, you know, when you lose someone and you lose someone that's so close that you spend a lot of time with it, it's just a really sad moment. So, yeah, look, it, it's hard. You know, ev- everyone misses him. We all miss him from day to day and always thinking about him, even even though that he, you know, he's, he's probably not spoken about the way he was two months ago when it first happens because when it's a shock to the system, it's always someone's name. You know, when someone passes, it's every single second. But just because not a lot of people are mentioning the name every second, we're still thinking about him. So, yeah, really sad times and it's it's devastating for his family. On a lighter note, you seem to be really enjoying your broadcasting career. I mean, and, and you're <laughs> running into a lot of your old mates, you know, that great Australian team, you know, Glenn McGrath, yourself, Gilchrist, Warney, you know, bantering mm. a bit in the commentary booth. Always 
was fun to catch up here. <laughs> well, look, it certainly is. And look, I'm, you know, never, I never thought I'd go into commentary, but certainly love it. And, you know, I started commentating, I think, back in about 2013, 14. I was still playing the Big Bash. So I was sort of wearing two hats. I was I was out there playing and then I was out commentating. I'll literally be flying out the morning of a match. I'll be commentating the night before, flying out in the morning, playing the game, jumping on a flight next morning, commentating that night. So got used to sort of being on a busy schedule. But yeah, absolutely love it. I love love working with Fox Sports, love working with Star Sports back in India. Some incredible places to work and people to, to work with. And, and as you mentioned, it's almost like you're out there with your old teammates. But I tell you the best thing about commentating, you don't have to warm up in terms of the body. It's not hard on the body. It's more hard on the voice. And you've got to be very, very structured. And, you know, you need to know your research and that. Be like you, obviously, with what you do, you, you know, you will research and you have to enjoy your job. But we're watching cricket. I mean, how... Brett, conversations with you are beautiful also because of your inherent understanding and sensitivity towards Indian culture. You know, I always say that, you Thank know, you. India's, is, India is your second country. If there's any it country is. that you understand, <laughs> after understanding your own, which is Australia, it is India. And that's why, you know, the conversations are even more elevated and beautiful. Have yourself a safe, healthy and happy Christmas and New Year. And let's hope a better 2021 for all of us and the planet. Cheers. Absolutely. And looking forward to, uh, as you mentioned, all these uh, beautiful Indian people coming out and seeing our wonderful country. Merry Just Christmas. Merry Christmas.